So I want to start today with a question. Uh, the question I have today is, what's something that uh, maybe you found easier as a kid than you do now as an adult? Or maybe, maybe something that you watch kids do something and, and they seem to be way better at it than we are as adults. Uh, one example I have uh, is, was this year at, at a baseball tournament. It was over in Stevensville. And you know, there was nice grass outfields. There was these grass park areas. And there was also some gravel parking lots. And frequently I would look over and I would see these kids, these little kids running around barefoot on the gravel parking lots. And, and that just made my feet hurt watching it. And I get there's some physics involved in there as well. Um, but as kids, we just ran around and barefoot and that was fine. You know, another thing I, th I was thinking of is dancing. You know, when, with little kids, when the music starts, they start dancing. They don't care if they're doing it right. They don't care if anybody's watching. They want to dance to the music, they dance. Uh, another one is... Uh, um, their ingenuity, their inventiveness, their imaginations. You know, if, if they are sitting there and they want to build a, a rocket ship out of a cardboard box, they don't let the fact they don't have materials um, get in the way, you know, to build an actual rocket ship. They just build it. They use what they can find. If they want to build a fort, they use the tools that they have. And, and they make it a, a, a great thing. And another example is, uh, and I see this every year in baseball, uh, was making friends. In Helena, we do a draft for um, little... Uh, Cal Ripken baseball and Babe Ruth baseball, where the kids go to a tryout, and then coaches get together for a draft. And so frequently, you get kids on the team that don't know anyone else. You know, a lot of sports, they do it based on school or by area of town that they live in. But with baseball, you might end up on a team where you don't know anybody. And it's always fun to watch how the kids show up, and you know, even the ones that don't know anybody, it doesn't take very long, and they make new friends. They just associate with the others, and they, they play ball together. A big one for me, and what I want to talk about this morning is prayer. Uh, when I was little, prayer came very easy to me. I, I remember, and, and this is when I was, you know, I want to say like kindergarten through maybe, I don't know, second, third grade, something. Every night, my mom and I would say prayers before bed. And there's still three specific ones that I remember I prayed every night for, I think, several years. First one was that my dad had quit chewing snooze and drinking beer. I prayed that my grandpa would quit smoking and drinking beer. And... Uh, I prayed that my grandpa would get to know Jesus. Every night, I would pray those, those three prayers for several years. Then there was also a period of time, um, and I don't remember this quite as well. And I, again, I don't remember how old I was, but I started asking my mom to leave the room for part of my prayers. You know, we'd say prayers together, and I'd say, well, now you've got to leave because I want to talk to God about this. And can you imagine as a parent, like, what is my kid going to talk to God about that I can't hear? But uh, graciously, she would leave the room, and, and, I, and again, I don't remember exactly how long this lasted, but I would, you know, she would leave, and, and I would pray. And then one day I said, you don't need to leave the room anymore, Mom. God answered my prayers. And so, of course, I know she was just you know, bursting inside. Well, what is this? What, what, what was this prayer about? And I, and I told her, I said, well, there's you know, kids at school are, are um, you know, learning some new words. And they're using these new words, and I am too. And we started talking, and, and, and I decided that I didn't want to cuss anymore. You know, I think I was probably a second grader or something like that. And it was something that I don't, I don't want to do this. And talking this morning, I want to be clear, I'm not talking anything against smoking, drinking, chewing, uh, drinking beer, or uh, cussing, any of that stuff. This is, this is about prayer. But it's, I, I said, God answered that prayer, and, and I'm not cussing anymore. And kind of the funny thing about that is, even now, there's been different points in my life when I've tried to cuss, and I just can't do it. Uh, if you've seen Back to the Future, um, uh, what was the guy's first name, Mr. McFly? George McFly. When he tried to cuss, and he just sounded silly, that, that's me. So... Uh, you probably won't hear me cuss, but if you do hear me cuss, you'll probably just laugh because it, it just doesn't sound right coming from me. So, so 
somewhere along the line, I quit praying. And I don't know how it happened or when it happened or, or what caused it to happen. But I do know that, especially after high school, um, I just quit praying. Uh, I think if you'd asked me then, I probably would have said, no, I pray. But looking back, I don't, I don't think I was. And I think there might be several reasons for that. Um, I think a lot of it came down to independence, that I felt like, no, I, I got this. I, I, I have more schools. I'm becoming an adult now. I can take care of myself. I don't need to ask God for anything. I think it also led into not wanting to ask other people for anything, feeling like asking someone for help or asking for, you know, giving a request to someone was, was being selfish or being rude. I don't know what, if, how that developed, but I, I think it did. So that went on for a lot of years, um, you know, through my 20s and 30s for sure. And then a couple years ago, I was meeting with a group of guys from Narrate here. Um, it was almost exactly two years ago. And somewhere at the end, I don't remember if I was asked to pray or if someone said, would anyone like to pray? But somehow, um, I was going to pray at the end of it. And as my hands started sweating, my, my legs were shaking, you know, kind of like they are right now. Um, I, I got super nervous. I kind of, I think I forgot my own name. I don't know what I said. But I did. I, I, I prayed at the end of that uh, little meeting with the guys. And... And, and it was wonderful. Just that little moment kind of rekindled my interest and my desire to, to have a, a more of a praying life. So I've been watching myself and trying to learn, you know, or trying to, trying to do better all the time, you know, working on it. And, and, you know, so over the last couple of years, I've been working on this. And one of the things that's happened is I, I catch myself saying, you know, someone will tell me something, I'll say, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. Or they'll say, will you pray for me? And I say, yeah. Or maybe on a Facebook post saying, prayer sent or send a text. You know, I'm praying for you. But then I started noticing that, was I really? Was I really actually going through with it? Was I following through and taking the action of actually praying for that, for that person or that situation? And, 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 then, and then I started noticing even further, even if I did pray, did I just do it once? Did I just pray once, maybe with them, or just like, oh yeah, I'll pray for you. So I say a quick prayer. And it's like a vending machine, right? Put my money in, push the button, sent my prayer. Now I'll just wait and see what happens. And... So, and I think all that, you know, that was a big step for me, just the fact that I was praying. But, but I think that there's more there. And so what I want to talk about this morning is things that I've been working on in myself and things that I've learned. And hopefully something in here uh, maybe will be helpful to you as well. You know, maybe you're like me and, and as a kid or when you were younger or some other point in life, you, you, uh, you did pray. And you, you really believed in the power of prayer. You believed in the relationship with God and, and prayer was an important piece. But then for some reason, it just kind of fell away. Uh, maybe it started to feel like God was just out there somewhere. You know, God in heaven is somewhere else, just a long ways away. Maybe can he really hear us when we pray? Um, maybe it felt like, you know, is God really going to take care of us? Is our heavenly father, is he really there to, to do, you know, to help us with things, to take care of us, to answer our prayers? Maybe, maybe it felt like the things you wanted to pray for were just kind of small and insignificant, maybe trivial type things, and, and God has bigger issues to deal with. He doesn't really care about these little things. Or maybe on the opposite side, you thought, well, I want to pray for things like world peace because, yeah, I think God cares about that, but it's not very personal, personal to me, and so there becomes a disconnect on that. Um, you know, maybe you wonder, does prayer really matter? Uh, does, does praying cause anything to change? Uh, does God change his mind? Does he have things figured out the way it's going to be? So it, if we pray, is it just, you know, going through the motions? Or maybe that's just it, that prayer became just going through the motions and saying um, the same prayer over and over, but thinking about something else or not really working, um, you know, and believing that we're, we're, we're praying, you know, to our Heavenly Father. 
Last week, Hannah talked about uh, non-coercive love and the power of the requests when it, as it is, works with dealing with people and asking people for things. Um, this week, we're going to talk a little bit about the same thing uh, in, in Matthew, uh, and, but as it relates to prayer and as it relates to requesting things from God. So we're going to go straight into Matthew 7, um, starting in verse 7. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for a bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So I, I, I think that what I, I see Jesus saying here is that it, ask. Ask. God knows what, what, what we need, but, but it's up to us to ask. And there's a difference between asking and demanding, right? Asking, asking someone for something or asking God for something versus demanding. There, there is a difference. Then we go ahead. I'm going to skip ahead to Luke. I know we're working through Matthew right now. But I think Luke, in Luke, there's some... Uh, uh, th this story is kind of parallel. They're told similar. Again, right after he talks about the Lord's Prayer, he says, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one uh, inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't give up or get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit um, to those who ask him? So again, I think Jesus is really saying, no, ask, ask for these things. And then uh, a little later in Luke, he talks about the parable of the persistent widow. I really like the, the name of that one. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that, that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what other people think, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones, who cry out to him day, at night, day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice, and quickly. So again, I think Jesus is saying, yeah, bring your request to God and keep doing it. Um, I think that, that that part is on us. It's up to us to bring the request, to pray and ask for things, and, and not give up on it, um, and see what God does with it. So that leads the, the, to the question of, does prayer make a difference? And this one's a little bit weird for me. I think if you'd asked me a couple years ago, or, or even growing up, um, the question, does God change his mind? I think I would, probably would have said, nope, he knows what's all going to happen, he knows how it's all going to play out, and, and it's just what it is. Um, but I'd never really given it much thought. Uh, in The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard, um, he proposes another idea, and, and, and this intrigues me. And so, like I say, I'm, I'm learning about this, and if, if any of you have ideas or want to talk about this, I'd love to talk with you um, later about it. 
But he, he provides a couple of examples in the Old Testament where it does appear that God changes his mind due to prayer. The first one is in Exodus, and this is when uh, Moses is up getting the Ten Commandments, and the people uh, down below are, are throwing a big party and, and kind of getting away from God, and, and God's not happy about it. So starting uh, in Exodus uh, 32, verse 7, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people whom you brought out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it is with evil intent that he brought them out, to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self? I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. So I think this is one example that where you know, Moses prayed and asked God to change his mind, and he did. And this happens again in 2 Kings. Um, in Second uh, Kings, that's no, First Kings. Did that last time too. Second Kings twenty, where um, Hezekiah, one of the great kings, had fallen ill, and it says, "In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death." The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, "This is what the Lord says: Put your house in order, because you are going to die. You will not recover." Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. So, again, here's another example where God said, this is what I'm going to do, and through prayer, it, it appears he changed his mind. Um, and that, like I say, is a fairly new concept for me. So if we go back to Matthew and talk about the Lord's Prayer and look at it through the lens of requests, I think you know, there's a lot of great messages, a lot of great sermons on the Lord's Prayer. I want to talk today just specifically about this, this lens of requests. It starts out, this then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven. And this part isn't a request, I don't think. I think this part is, is uh, you know, showing where it's directed to. It's directing to our Father in heaven. I think that's one thing that separates just worrying or thinking about things from prayer. You know, we're, we're, we want to talk to our Father in heaven. The first request comes in the next line where it says, Hallowed be your name. And that request is, let your name be, um, be sanctified, be respected. Help us to remember how important your name and you are. The next request is, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And I think this request is about bringing God's rule into our lives wherever we are, whether it's at work or in, at school or on the baseball field or at, at church, at the rodeo, wherever we are, 
bringing God's rule as, as, uh, to be primary wherever that is. The next request is uh, give us today our daily bread. And I, I think this is asking for help us to, to believe and to have, the, the belief we will have and to have our provisions for today. I don't think this is asking for or, or, or discard, discounting anything like don't save, don't plan for the future. Um, I think that also is very important. But I think this is about where we put our trust. Do we put our trust in our retirement or our real estate investments or our, our, our savings or what our, what our plans for the future are? Or is our trust um, in God and his plans for us? The next request is, is to forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Um, I think this, uh, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but I think what Dallas Willard says in The Divine Conspiracy is it's psychologically impossible uh, to understand the mercy that God has for us, you know, when, when, when we do wrong, and then be hard-hearted towards other people. I think that if, if we really truly believe and understand the mercy that God has for us, we can be merciful towards other people when, when they do us wrong. The next request is to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I think this is really, you know, kind of a vote of, of no confidence in ourselves, right? Saying that we're not capable um, as humans in, in handling these temptations. And, and so we're asking God to step in, to have pity on us and to help us out with that. I think a lot of people might, might see things, you know, if they're not asking, you know, not praying, not asking God to, to spare us from the evil one. When it does happen, they might not even notice, right? Or in, for, in my case, I might not even have, I, I didn't even notice at the time when God was there to help me out. And I was thinking, well, it was just a coincidence. Boy, I was sure lucky there. Uh, the Archbishop William Temple said, uh, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't. So I think this also shows there's a ton of value in, it, in, in praying for things and asking for things. And God hears our prayers. And when we continue to ask him, um, he'll continue to provide. I also thought it was interesting in, in Luke, uh, back again in Luke, Luke chapter 22, uh, on the night he was betrayed, you know, Jesus uh, was talking with Peter and, and saying that he was going to deny him before the rooster crowed twice, and, and Jesus, or Peter was arguing with him. You know, and at that point, Jesus had worked a lot of miracles, right? I think he could have just went and said, oh, you're, you know, we're going to fix this. I'm going to rewire your brain a little bit. I'm going to change your, your behavior so that you don't do that. But he doesn't do that. Um, in Luke 22, verse 32, he says, But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So even in that case, Jesus prayed for, for Peter, for Simon, that, that um, his faith wouldn't fail. And then he would use it for good for others. So there's another verse in Philippians where, that, that where Paul wrote to the Philippians about, uh, it's 4, 6, I believe, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I think this one can be a tough one for a lot of people, and myself included. Um, even how it starts out there, do not be anxious about anything. Um, that, that's a pretty broad statement, right? But what if we do take it for what it, what it says there and say, well, what if I just continue to bring my requests, bring my requests to God? So that leads to what is it okay to ask for? Uh, is it okay to ask for things like, I lost my keys, where, where are my keys? Help, Lord, help me find my keys. Is it okay to pray for a parking spot? Maybe if you go to uh, Walmart and, and it's raining, you're looking for a close parking spot, or you're downtown looking for a parking spot, is it okay to pray for that? 
if someone's sick and, uh, and you want to pray for their healing, is, is that okay to pray for? Or if there's a relationship that's, that's having trouble, is it okay to pray for that relationship? Just where I'm at right now with things, I, I, think, that, I think that God wants to be concerned with the things that concern us. And so if, if looking for our keys is what our concern is right now, maybe it is okay to just ask God for help. Heavenly Father, help me find my keys and, and see what happens. What if it isn't selfish to ask for things or, or rude to ask for things um, from others or from God? Like I say, somewhere I developed this idea in my head that it, it's selfish to ask, or to, to ask somebody for something. And I had an experience this week um, that was kind of fun. A, a friend of mine who's also a realtor um, had, a, had a need for a showing on Saturday, yesterday. And he asked if I was available, and, and I was, and actually very excited to do it. Um, it fit very well with what my day plans were, were going on. And so I, we got it set up, and, and then a couple days later, I ran into him, and he, and he said, man, I'm sorry. He said, I forgot that you were actually speaking this weekend, and I, I, didn't, I shouldn't have asked you to, to do this on Saturday. And it made me smile inside, because I, I think that's a lot of what's happening here. Is he, if he'd have known and thought about it, he might not have asked me, because he might have thought, well, you know, he's busy, he won't want to do it. But I was actually very grateful for the opportunity, one, to be able to, to do that for him, because it, he's a great guy, and I love uh, working with him. And two, um, it, it, if he wouldn't have asked me, it wouldn't have happened, right? And he would have had to go and find someone else. So the fact that he asked me and he made the request was, was uh, really wonderful. So what if the problem isn't that we ask for the wrong things, but we don't ask enough for the right things? What if it more is about the conversation and the relationship with, with God? And, and we let things like that get in, our, in the way where we say, oh, I'd, I'd like to pray for this. But, you know, he's probably too busy. He doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't really care about this thing. So what, what if we take the opportunity to just start asking? You know, take the opportunity. When, when it pops into your head, you know. Um, I, I have a little bit of a weird one that I've been uh, praying about lately. Uh, some of you might know that I have some back troubles. I've had surgery and stuff. Um, several weeks ago, I started thinking, you know, when my, my back would be hurting and I'd get all grumpy um, about it. And I'd get kind of mad. I've yelled at my legs and my back for, for when they hurt. Um, but I decided to try it different. And, and instead of that, every time my back hurts or my, you know, my, my left leg hurts or my foot hurts, just ask God, Heavenly Father, please take this pain away. You know, I, I, I think it's different. And if I understand what the text is saying, you know, that he wants us to bring these things to him, I don't know what he's going to do with that. Um, it still hurts, so that, that's where that's at. But, 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 but maybe it is, it, is, it is up to me to just continue to pray, to continue to ask, ask, ask for this. So what if a good start is just finding a regular time or, or spending regular time in prayer, whether that's a, a block of time in the mornings or the evenings or middle of the day, whatever that works for you, or just, just again, looking for things like, like with this, whenever you're prompted by it, pray. What, what if that would be a good start? Um... I do believe that you know, spending regular time in prayer will help develop and nurture that relationship with God. I believe that God is in the business of raising the bar on what makes us happy, and I believe he's also maybe in the business of, of helping us with, with, with our prayers um, and wanting to do that. So we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. Um, we're going to spend a, a, about a minute or so, and, and, and just in silence, in your own head, pray for whatever you want to pray for. If whatever's on your heart, whatever's in your mind, something that you want to pray and ask God for some request you want to make or, or request, whatever that is. Uh, if, if you're not sure um, what to pray for or you don't have anything in mind, we'll have the, the Lord's Prayer up there. You can read through that. 
or maybe read through a section of it and just focus on a, on a piece of that. And, and if that just also seems, you know, maybe you don't want to do that, that's okay too. Um, you, you can just, you know, th think about what you want to have for lunch or something like that. That's okay. We're just going to spend... <laughs> We're just going to spend about a minute, um, and then after that, I'll pray out loud, and the band will come back up, and we will get into communion. All right? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again for this morning and all the people that are here to, to worship together and to be a part of Narrate Church, and whether they're here in person or watching online, I want to thank you for all the people that are here to make this a great experience for our community. Just ask, Lord, that you'll help people with, with our prayers and help us to remember that you are there for us. You do want to be interested in the things that we're interested in, and you do want a, uh, a shared life and with us and, and to be there to answer our prayers. I just ask that you'll continue to help us remember that and to um, live together and as a community in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to learn more about Narrate Church, find us at narratechurch.org or look us up on Facebook and Instagram.